Welcome to the More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. This episode is, how much medication should I take? Finding the right dose. Your prescriber will probably start you at a low dose and move you up until you find the amount that's best for you. This is a pretty subjective experience that involves balancing desired effects against the side effects. This is the last in a three-part series on medication. The book, More Attention, Less Deficit, Success Strategies for Adults with ADHD, is available at addwarehouse.com and pretty much everywhere else, including on the Kindle. But if you enter coupon code 19380, my zip code, at com, you'll save 25%. I'm psychologist Dr. Ari Tuckman, author of More Attention, Less Deficit, and Integrative Treatment for Adult ADHD, a practical, easy-to-use guide for clinicians. For more information about either book, archives of this podcast, links to past presentations, handouts, and information about upcoming teleclasses and presentations, check out adultadhdbook.com. Most prescribers will start someone on a low dose of medication, then move the person up gradually until the right dose is found. You may not feel anything at all at the starter dose, but that doesn't mean that a higher dose wouldn't work. By analogy, half an aspirin won't do much for a headache, but two probably will. So hang in there. You may find that you get some initial benefit that fades over a few days. If you're adjusting well to each new dose, you can go up to the next dose after a few days or a week or so. Going up a little bit may get you that initial benefit back. Some prescribers, especially primary care physicians, tend to be too conservative and will wait a month between dose increases. For the non-stimulants that have to build up in your system, this makes sense. However, for the stimulants that begin working within an hour or so, there's no reason to wait so long. Unless you're experiencing intolerable side effects that the prescriber hopes will go away, you're just wasting time after that first week. You know, so simply because nothing much changes after that first week or so. Now, as you go up in dose, you should find that each dose increase works a little bit better than the one before. You may also find that the side effects increase, although those may fade after a week or so as your body gets used to it. As long as the side effects are tolerable and you're also getting some benefit, wait and see if they go away. If they're more than you want to wait through, then you can always drop back to the prior dose for another week or two before stepping up again. Your body may be more adjusted to the medication then and, you know, tolerate it better. Now, there's always a balance to be struck in finding the right dose. Higher doses tend to offer greater benefit, but also come with more side effects. So you may find that you overshot your ideal dose as you work your way up and then need to drop back to the one that offered the best balance. Fine, no big deal to do that. Generally speaking, people who are heavier tend to take larger doses than people who weigh less. However, this is a pretty rough rule, so don't make too much of it. I have skinny little kids who are taking more than big beefy guys. Unlike some other medications, with these meds, there's no blood test to determine what your best dose is. It really comes down to how you rate your experience on each dose. Other people who know you well may also like to vote on that, but, you know, that doesn't mean that necessarily their vote carries as much weight as yours. But, you know, regardless, they should be able to see some of the effects. 
at least in ones that are outwardly visible. So, you know, for example, you may find that you're less distracted, whereas other people will notice that you tend to stick with one task for longer or that you're a better listener. When it comes to finding the right dose, two factors determine the benefits and side effects of a medication. Number one, total daily intake. The typical adult dosage ranges are based on how much someone takes over the course of a day. With extended release medications, you may only take it once a day. However, with the short-acting versions, you may take it two or three times a day. So it comes down to how much you take in a day, regardless of how many pills it takes to get to that number. <clears throat> second possibility here, or the second factor, is peak blood levels. So someone may be well within the total daily intake number, but experience strong side effects if his peak blood level is too high. In other words, there's too much in his system at one time. For example, someone who takes 30 milligrams of short-acting Adderall may get intense side effects, but he may do great on 30 milligrams of extended release Adderall, in other words, the same total amount, because it spreads the dose out twice as far, so his peak blood levels will be half as much. In other words, 30 milligrams of Adderall XR is the equivalent of taking 15 milligrams of short-acting Adderall, then taking another 15 milligrams of short-acting Adderall four hours later, when most of the first dose is worn off. Make sense? Generally speaking, the total daily dosage of the short-acting formulations should be divided among two or three doses throughout the day, and vice versa for the extended release. You typically do it all in one shot with them. Now, although the stimulants don't need to be taken every day to be effective in the way that the non-stimulants do and the antidepressants and some other medications, it's still probably a good idea to take it every day when you're trying to find the right dose. So even if you don't need it on a particular day, you still take it. Once you've figured out what your dose is and your body is adjusted to it and all of that, then at that point you can talk to your prescriber about skipping days where you don't need it. Some people worry that they'll need to regularly increase their dose to get to the same effect, but this hasn't actually found to be, been found to be the case. Once you find the right dose for you, it shouldn't change that much even over a course of years. Worries about having to constantly increase the dosage are probably based on the tolerance that can develop from intentionally abusing stimulants or illegal drugs. Those who try to get a high take much higher doses, which causes both the high as well as then the tolerance that develops. At normal dose levels, in other words, the stuff that your doctor would prescribe, this just isn't a concern. It's kind of like how you don't need to drink more and more coffee over time. Usually, once you settle on an amount, it tends to stay there, you know, at least assuming your amount of sleep doesn't change. So, for example, I think I was drinking about a gallon a day when my son was a baby and sleeping 20 minutes a night. Or maybe that was just me who felt like he was only sleeping 20 minutes a night. In any event, thankfully, I'm drinking a lot less coffee now. But over time, some people find that their dose doesn't work as well for them anymore. The most common reason is that the person has gained a significant amount of weight over time, which then reduces the effective size of the dose relative to the person's body weight. Obviously, this is usually more common for kids than adults, since as adults, our weight changes tend to be a smaller proportion of our total weight. So, you know, this is just less of a common kind of an occurrence. 
So the other possibility is that the demands on the person have, have increased, such as they got promoted to a more complicated job, or they had, you know, their first child was born, or a second or third child was born, and all of a sudden their life is much more complicated, and they need to perform at a higher level. So a dose that seemed to work pretty good before may no longer be sufficient to get the job done. Alternatively, stress, sleep deprivation, anxiety, depression, or other lifestyle factors can also affect performance, but the person mistakenly assumes it's due to the reduced medication effects. The meds are still doing the same thing, it's just that other things are sapping the person's performance. So in other words, the medication hasn't really changed. Now, when you're first trying to figure out your dose, it can often be helpful to bring your romantic partner or a family member to your medication appointments. Not that they know more than you do, but they can offer a helpful second opinion on the medication's effects. Sometimes, though, someone else can see us better than we can see ourselves, so, you know, they can be helpful in that way as well. I used to run an adult ADHD support group, and I still remember a guy who said, you know, with a smile, um, he says, Sometimes my wife asks me if I've taken my meds. I have to say, it really gets to me because she's always right. Now, obviously, this got a good laugh because everyone in the room could recognize what he was talking about. However, the people that you live with may not see the full effects that the medication has for a couple different reasons. Now, the first one is that if you're taking a stimulant, even one of the extended release ones, it may very well be mostly worn off by the time you get home at night, you know, assuming you work a normal kind of nine to five day. Um, as a client once told me, you know, quoting his wife, he said, uh, your coworkers get medicated, Tom, but I don't. So in other words, the meds work for him during the workday. By the time he gets home, he's mostly flying on his own. And, um, you know, he's a little more distracted perhaps than she would like him to be. So, when you're describing the medication effect, um, or when your romantic partner or family member is describing the medication effect, they shouldn't really talk about Monday to Friday night, that probably it's better if they discuss what you're like on the weekends, what you're like on vacation days, things like that, where they're around to see you in the middle of the day when the meds are doing their thing. Now, the other possibility why someone who lives with you may not see the medication effect totally is that you may feel more focused internally, but it may not be completely obvious to someone else. In other words, not visually obvious or externally obvious. So um, in other words, what happens in these situations is that they need to infer the effect that the medication has on you based on what your behavior is, your external visible behavior. So um, as a result, they may not be as aware of your internal experience as you are. Regardless, you know, the more information you bring, usually the better, assuming, of course, it's decent information. So you know, your prescriber relies on your, on your description or your partner's description of how different doses are doing for you to decide what to do with your meds. So the more information you can provide, the better job she can do for you. This is very much a collaboration and, you know, your prescriber is only as good as the information you provide. 
So there you have our three-part series on medications. I'll talk more about meds in future episodes, I'm sure, just because it's such a popular topic. But I'll do something else for our next bunch of episodes. Um, I'm heading out of town to do three days worth of presentations. So, you know, I'll see what kind of questions I get and see what kinds of ideas that gives me regarding what people are most interested in. So until next time, thanks for lending me your attention.